it was the federal government's vetoing of Northern Gateway and the killing of Energy East that left us holding the bag, uh, quite literally, with taxpayers buying this pipeline. We never should have been put in this position. He's right. That's Jason Kenney reacting to Trans Mountain giving, uh, getting the green light. And the Trudeau government has apparently now given its approval on this and a guarantee that shovels will be in the ground this season, albeit take that with a take that with a a, a horse salt lick. OK, like the, the, take it with a giant grain of salt, because until you see shovels in the ground on this thing, it means nothing. And already protesters are up in arms, you know, warriors unite a time to stop the pipeline. Here we go again. And there are still a lot of regulatory issues. This pipeline apparently still has to go through. But essentially what we heard today is that the twinning of the pipeline is approved. And we also heard this thing's not being sold. Like, I don't understand what I don't actually understand what this announcement is, because if if you ask me, the government is holding on to this pipeline that they made us buy for four four point five billion dollars and all the profits of the bitumen move through that and the eventual sale of the uh, pipeline. That will all be invested in green energy, like those those solar unicorns I was telling you about. Who knows what they'll put in us, like solar plexus, whatever, car, whatever. That's what they're going to put the money into. Not healthcare, not roads, not infrastructure, not schools. And then you got to think, what's, what's the long-term plan? No one knows. I mean, First Nations groups wanted to buy this pipeline. And it sounds like they will be able to buy in at some point. But this announcement today was based on a lot of unknowns and a lot of fine print. It was a bunch of ifs. The details of when will it be built, like Andrew Shear's asking. The real question today is, and the real question Justin Trudeau was unable to answer, is when will the Trans Mountain Pipeline actually get built? I don't think he can answer it. Because he's trying to rag the puck in so many different directions, appeasing the environmentalists, appeasing the indigenous vote, and then appeasing his base, and then, you know, like, trying to make Alberta like they care about Alberta. Like, he's trying to balance too many plates on this. Let's bring in Stuart Muir to this conversation. He is the executive director over at Resource Work Society. Hi there, Stuart. Hi, Alex. How are you? Well, maybe you can break down what happened today, because I don't really understand why. Today I was fully expecting either a no, we're not doing this, or we have sold the pipeline to so-and-so, and and we are no longer in the pipeline business, and we got something completely different. Yeah, they were facing a deadline. They needed to get something out today, and so they did. They made the deadline. But, yes, it is uh, full of ambiguities. Right now I can tell you that the 156 conditions that were already imposed imposed three years ago when this thing was first approved, we now have to see them all work through again with an additional column to check off each one of these 156, which is in the area of, did you make sure the First Nations relevant to it have been consulted and and it's all tickety-boo? So 156 times for that. And then there's a whole bunch of 60 new new requirements. There's some so-called accommodations on protecting killer whales, uh, is that all part of Bill 69 and Bill 48, or is this just other oh, issues no. and regulatory issues that the pipeline has to go through? Oh, no, Alex, this is specific to this pipeline. This is all that aside. So whatever that may contain, um, we've got this new stuff. And they've even started talking about maybe a special uh, tanker design that's more applicable to Vancouver. Now there's 7,500 oil. Oh, now, oh, now oh, wait, now we're yeah. building ships. Okay, because that happens yeah. overnight. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that'll take years, and it'll be you know a quiet propeller design, so it can go through those where the killer whale, those waters, you know, with minimum impact. 
Uh, I mean, there's some good intentions in this, I guess, but it could be just so costly and yeah. time-consuming. Sure. You know, just imagine. So they've got to do that. And now all the people, the project management, anyone in the project management field, you know, all the, you've got those connected boxes and timelines and, and di- charts and diagrams. All that has to be kind of reworked and tweaked with this. And I was talking with some of the people who are the builders, the contractors, their representatives. They were on hand today. They were super excited. They're so keen to get off the... Um, you know, out into the field and start laying the pipe and uh, all the other stuff. But we don't really know what this season, that phrase right. the Prime Minister used, means. So it could mean in a couple of weeks or next month. I'm told that if in, in per- perfect conditions, they were able to just get out there running, probably within a month we could see some significant activity. But on the other hand, there may be some things that slow it down procedurally, the bureaucracy. So maybe we're into the fall before that starts. Maybe it's after the election. Who knows? Imagine that. Well, what's the reaction been in Alberta? Are they looking at this with uh, with disdain, with relief, or is it just at this point shrug of the shoulders? Well, I was among those who thought that this could be when it finally came along, you know, looking back months and months ago, June 18th, that'll be the day that at least we can set aside some differences and this, this will be a podium moment. Everyone can take satisfaction um, Bill C-48, C-69, you've mentioned those. Mm-hmm. Listeners know what those are all about. Well, I think those have really tainted the well here, and they've made it very difficult for some parties, uh, some of the First Nations, a lot of Albertans, to to take this and, and see it as a celebratory moment. Um, there are some things to celebrate, I think, but uh, it's, it's a lot of uh, water in that wine, I, I'm afraid, because of the, the decision yesterday to put this kind of vague five-year uh, uh, reconsideration on Bill C-48. So in five years, they can ask whether they really should have a tanker ban in northwest BC. Well, no one really believes that that is a serious thing that would happen. It's basically, it's baked. So uh, the whole northwest coast of Canada is sterilized forever for the most valuable type of exports that Canada could do. Could do. If, if the bill proceeds all the way through Parliament as it now stands. So that's been done. You know, that's probably, I don't know, that's a few trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's a, what's a few trill? Yeah, you know, uh, we're on a roll these days. But first, First Nations yeah. groups, I mean, there were groups that wanted to buy this pipeline, which would have given, um, you know, First Nations group mm-hmm. a lot of independence and would have been terrific. Um, but they have not been given that option yet, although it sounds like they can buy in at some point. So is, uh, can you explain yeah. this? Yeah, what I heard was, you know, 50% to 100%. Obviously, they're still working on it. I know that one of the chiefs from central BC was in Ottawa yesterday, and he's come home. So he's concluded some level of negotiations. I met with a number of the other chiefs who are part of that group uh, who were in Vancouver today to actually stand up and make speeches and talk about their support for the pipeline. We've never seen that in Vancouver before, believe me. Um, There were nine, I think, uh, chiefs who made made speeches right down at Jackpool Plaza, the Olympic Flame Plaza downtown. And they they are so, uh, after the Northern Gateway disappointment, which they see as $2 billion snatched away from the First Nations of Northern BC and Alberta that could be part of escaping poverty, was taken away when the Trudeau government canceled that project. So they're, they're kind of uh, bitter about it. Nevertheless, they do want to play in this new one. They, they know that there's a possibility of having an equity piece. Um, there's all sorts of complicated impediments to it because of the you know, Indian Act and, and other things. So they're working on it. Um, I, I would like to 
say that there's some hope possibility here that this could happen in a timely way. Lots of people want that to happen. Yeah, well, look, I I, I would love to think that this is a done deal. It's just, it's like been 15 years. I mean, how long can you hope for one pipeline to get built in this country? Um, but, you yeah. know, part of the announcement today, uh, and I think it's it's kind of got a lot of people scratching their head, certainly me anyway, is that, um, you know, Mr. Trudeau said that, that the climate plan, they want an absolute cap on oil sands emissions in Alberta. But what level? Like, how would that be enforced? What are those emissions they're talking about? All of these, yep. you know, but, 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 and fine print um, things you have to read. This, to me, this announcement is barely the headline it's going to be made out to be. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something to that. I mean, the, the emissions cap, Alberta has already promised that. I guess one of the questions is whether Premier Kenny will will scrap it uh he's he's talked about that there may be some benefits to keeping it because a lot of people when it was brought in 100 megatons right now oil sands are something like 70 megatons so Mm -hmm. 70 percent of the the cap that premier notley brought in under the ndp and the whole i think most people in industry will tell you look it will never get to 100 we can increase the production of the oil sands but the reason we'll never get to 100 and we're not worried about this cap is because we are going to work so hard to lower the emissions intensity. We're going to improve the use of, of water and steam and natural gas, and we're going to, we're going to uh, improve probably f- at least five or so different technology areas of the upstream production process in order to lower the greenhouse gas emissions. So we're not worried. It's a great incentive. We have that ceiling, but we're going to work within it. You know, polling done by Ipsos on this um, shows, in, in, and this was done very recently in the last week, 60%, 60% of those asked in BC, they support this line. Uh, but already I'm online and you're seeing all sorts of protesters are out there saying, no, we are going to stop this. And we all know they can. Dig into those results a little bit, 60%. Now, can you think, Alex, of a government that's got 60% of votes? No, that doesn't happen. 60% of people are essentially voted in favor of this pipeline right now, and 30% of British Columbians are strongly supportive. Only 15% are strongly unsupportive. So it's the 15% who are going to be generating all of this smoke and noise. We know, of course, that the these American uh, philanthropists who, who have a vision of Canada as their park have have got plans for our future involving legal strategies to prevent this pipeline, and they're shoveling money into these sort of Canadian-ish uh, environmentalist legal organizations to, you know, pursue legal strategies. That's happening, but that's only 15% of Canadians or British companies that they're representing. Uh, that is not uh, a majority. I think I think we need to stand up to that. I think uh, we did hear some words from the Prime Minister today where he you know, he he was quite critical. I think he was good on that. He's been soft on those messages in the past. I thought I thought it was improved today. So I'll give him a point for that. Um, but we need to see that it met with a serious uh, intent to right. ensure that uh, frivolous, vexatious legal strategies cannot once again be used right. to thwart Canadian prosperity. Can I tell you one thing that's happening today that really disturbs me? I, I just got the news that out of Texas on Sunday a tanker with one million barrels of oil shipped out of Galveston, Texas, is going to China, heavy oil. Can you guess where it's coming from? Mm. Yes, of course, it's from Alberta, heavy oil, bitumen. So they're re- now they're reselling our oil? Resell- yeah, that's right, because we can't ship it off Jeez. our coast, east, west. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. Is there not like a law against that? Like, you, yeah, so you buy our oil at discount and then you sell it to China, yeah. who's got our Canadian, oh, don't even get, really? 
for a profit too. Now we now we've got these people saying, oh, there's no business case for it. We had the province of BC saying that. That's that's nonsense. You know, I was looking at the stats last year. There were 440 uh, million dollars worth of oil bitumen sent from Vancouver to China. People didn't even know about it because you've got all these politicians running around saying it doesn't exist. Well, it does exist. I can show you the stats. And uh, they, they paid $70 a barrel, $70 a barrel for, for that horrible bitumen from Alberta paid by China last year. It's real, and it's here. Perfect. We can put our oil on StubHub now. Who knew? <laughs> well, might as well. That's apparently how you're going to yeah. get it to market. Well, Stuart, we'll uh, obviously see the fallout of this in the next few days, but I always yeah. say the devil's in the detail, and while I hope to hell you're for right. Alberta that this is their break, I just, unless you see that talk go into action, means nothing yeah. to me. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That is Stuart uh, Muir. He's with Resource Works Society, so he's uh, been working at this for a little while.